0: Welcome inside the Hill City Highlights Podcast, a podcast about the people of Lynchburg for the people of Lynchburg. Now, here's your host, Alan York. Welcome back inside the Hill City Highlights Podcast, episode six. And today we're going to bring in Abe Loper. Uh, For many of our uh, listeners, you probably know Abe. I don't know if I've met a person that does not know you, Abe. So good to have you on the podcast here this week. Uh, We're going to talk a lot about Uh, financial advising, uh, investing, uh, insurance. Uh, But first, let's get to know Abe uh, from a one-on-one standpoint. Uh, Where are you from, Abe? Tell us about growing up, where you went to school, and then we'll kind of dive into kind of what you've been doing the
1: last few years. Okay, awesome. So uh, first, thanks so much for having me. Uh, It's an honor to be here. Uh, So I was born in Cleveland, Ohio. Grew up kind of moving around a lot. Uh, Ohio, Kentucky, a couple other states. But um, went to college in Michigan at a small liberal arts school called Albion College. I got a double major in literature and visual arts, which I don't know what I really thought I was going to do with that. Um, I just knew I liked those things. Uh, I was on the track team in college. I threw javelin, which was super fun, and um, and then worked full-time for a nonprofit in Chicago after after college. And uh, while I was in Chicago, there was uh, a girl visiting a friend of hers, uh, and that girl was from Lynchburg. Hmm. So uh, we met, got married. I live here now, and uh, that's the long and the short of it. We've got two kids: uh, an almost thirteen-year-old and eleven-year-old. Wow! Yeah, I went to a
0: liberal arts school as well, uh, Guilford College in Greensboro. uh, Played baseball and football there. And I don't know about your school, mine. Twelve hundred students. Everybody knew everybody. Uh, it was the right place for me at the time. I could be a student athlete and uh, compete at an NCAA Division One instit- or Division Three institution and feel like I accomplished stuff as an athlete, right? And, and learning what I want to do post college. Did you feel that way with your experience
1: as well? Yeah, yeah. I had an overwhelmingly positive experience in, in my undergraduate at Albion. Uh, I, I go back every now and then. Um, since then, I, I, I finished an MBA with Liberty and an EDS with Liberty. <clears throat> um, but I go back every now and then for homecoming or something. I, I was a member of the alumni board at Albion, and I get to talk to my my track coach. And, uh, and I say, "Hey, coach," uh, and he's retired now, of course. And and uh, you know, coach, I, I probably should have given you a little bit more effort, right? I was a kid. I liked my my social time. If I could go back and do it again, I would do it differently. And he said, Abe, did your experience on my track team improve your college experience? I said, well, yeah, absolutely. He said, then that's all That's all that matters. Uh, he said, did you, did you learn how to be a better, better person? I said, yeah, coach, I did. He said, mission accomplished. You did it right. And I thought that was really encouraging.
0: Yeah, I think I can say the same thing too. Uh, teams I played on weren't that successful except for one. And we had a really good quarterback and a really good wide receiver. And, and in small college, sometimes that's enough to win championships. Yes. But it was about being in a locker room and and forming bonds with people that I would not have met if I was not a student athlete. So you and I kind of have followed similar paths in that. Uh, when you did graduate, you mentioned in Chicago working for a nonprofit. Uh, what was getting that first job like out of school
1: for you? You know, um, in some regards, I took the path of least resistance. Uh, I was working or or volunteering, I guess, as a student leader with a a ministry called uh, Campus Crusade for Christ, which is now just called Crew. And uh, and when I left, when I graduated from college, I was kind of invited to apply to be a staff member. And so I did that. And, And it was a wonderful experience. Um, but there came a time when when I said, OK, I think it's time for me to see what it's like. I was curious in kind of the, the typical uh, corporate world in Chicago. And so mm-hmm. I started uh, started looking for jobs and I had a n- number of jobs that that all taught me good lessons, uh, but none of which were a good final fit. I'm joined by Abe Loper,
0: who is a financial advisor in Lynchburg, also works in the insurance field. So you meet this girl who's from Lynchburg, and what were your impressions of Lynchburg when you visited here for the first time, and how have things changed since that first visit to the Hill
1: City? Yeah. So my my uh, my first impression was overwhelmingly positive. So it was one of these. So I came from Chicago. Uh, I met Emily in May so i came and visited here maybe for the first time in june it was still 30 degrees in chicago i mean maybe 45 Um, and it was basically summer here kids are swimming in pools it's beautiful there's no traffic there's almost no crime there's you know trees and a river and great restaurants and i thought oh my gosh you know what why didn't why doesn't everybody live there it's so cheap to live here and so uh, I was really excited to come down here. Uh, we very, very briefly discussed whether or not she might want to live in Chicago rather than me move here. But again, that was an incredibly brief conversation. <laughs> Typically, <laughs> and,
0: it is with the wife, and if her family's
1: around here, that's going to yeah. be a short conversation. Yeah, that's right. And and her sister did live here at the time, and uh, and and still does. But good. We, we um, yeah, I moved here, and and since two thousand eight, which was when that that occurred um what i've seen happen is lynchburg has only uh, gotten better it's matured in a positive way mm-hmm. so i i see the community developing um from a an access to international foods and i'm i used to own restaurants so i love food makes a big difference And my parents owned a restaurant my sister owned a restaurant and so food's a huge part of our family uh so um, the restaurant scene has gotten even better. The level of access to um, to entertainment, whether it's the quality of sports at LU or the quality of theater at the the uh, Academy Center of the Arts downtown on Main Street, whatever it is, uh, quality of life here has only improved.
0: Joined by Abe Loper, this is Episode Six, Abe of our Hill City Highlights podcast, and the previous five people and i would include you as six i i know who you are i you know um uh, but i've always learned something different that i did not know uh, about these people and this is why we do this podcast and you mentioned owning restaurants uh for those uh, listening uh, what were some of those that our fans uh, might recognize and what did
1: you um enjoy about uh, the
0: restaurant industry Awesome.
1: Awesome. So uh, the first restaurant I bought was the White Heart Cafe on Main Street. And I bought that in 2013, sold it in 2018. Um, I enjoyed being able to walk in and know the people behind the counter. I knew my staff. I had great relationships with my staff. Um, And then getting to know my my regular customers uh, was really fun. Uh, it was fun to go in and see, even if I didn't know the customers, it was fun to go in on a Saturday morning in October when the the farmer's market was hopping across the street and there was a line out the door at the restaurant and it was packed. And just to think, wow, we're providing something that people want. Uh, what a really cool um, realization as a retailer. Yeah. Then uh, and then, you know, some of the things I didn't like. Well, first, I, I also uh, opened a, a coffee shop in the mall called Blackwater Coffee, which was bought by Tommy Clark and is now called Mission House. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I had a, a deli in Windhurst that I bought from a previous owner and kind of kept it the way it was called City Place Foods yep. and that for a few years before selling it. But um, but yeah, the, some of the things I didn't like, you know, you're never off the clock. Uh, you, you deal with people not showing up and that impacts your bottom line and you didn't do anything wrong. Um, you're just kind of at the mercy of, of a particular staff member or, and maybe not for for a bad reason. Maybe it was because it snowed and they couldn't get out of their driveway or they had an emergency at home. Mm. But just being more or less very out of control of your, of your income when you have a, a, a family of restaurants is, is a little bit unsettling for a guy who's raising two kids. Paying a mortgage,
0: sure, absolutely. I completely agree with you on that. Joined by Abe Loper with Loper Financial, uh, episode six of our Hill City Highlights podcast. Since I've known you, Abe, um, just watching you at networking events or just seeing you around town, it just seems like, and not seems, you, you're a guy that people are attracted to. It, it's your personality. You know, you, you might be squeamish when I say that, but um, just the way you communicate with people is really, I think it's a God gift that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you enjoy about being in the community and just getting to know people? Cause it seems like the kind of guy that you are.
1: <clears throat> yeah. And I really, uh, first off, thank you for the compliment. Um, I, I do enjoy that your observation is correct. Uh, so if you were to rewind about 25 years, a little more, almost 30 years now, Yep. To, to Abe in high school. Uh I was I was a big fat jerk. Okay. <laughs> I, okay. Not, I know you you, you probably uh, don't okay. hear that, but I but I, I I I was raised in a Christian home. I was taught to do the right thing and I just didn't want to. And uh and I I was unkind, particularly with my words toward other people. Mm-hmm. I, I've tore other people down out of insecurity. And um and there was a, a light switch almost that that was flipped going into my senior year of high school, and I realized I had some self reflection. I had some some folks who who knew me well, who I was willing to listen to, spoke into my life. Hmm. I realized I wasn't doing it right, and I had to I had to make a, a significant 180 degree turn and say I'm going to start um, valuing people, wow. and I'm going to show them that they're valuable when I spend time with them almost uh, a, because that's right, but also almost as penance for what the last few years had looked like. Sure. And, um, and I have ever since embraced every opportunity to spend time with people and to hopefully make them feel good.
0: Abe, you mentioned a couple of people, you know, spoke to you and you were, you heard them talk about maybe how you, were acting or treating others. What about your family? Um, Did they sense a change once this happened? You don't have to name who these people were, uh, but how was your family affected by this on the back end of, as you say, you know, having real talk? Um, Somebody give
1: you some constructive feedback of kind of how they perceived how you were. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, no, and I don't even mind because the people who changed my life are important to me. So it was a guy named Tim Vickers, who was a young life leader. It was Joel Larson, who was a youth leader at the time. Um, it was a guy named Jeremy Dixon, who was a friend of mine, peer of mine, but, um, and they're all, you know, still in touch with me 30 years later. And, uh, my family, I wasn't really open to hearing it from my family. I'm okay. sure that- Yep. but I do recall my dad saying, you know, Hey, um i notice a difference in you what made you you know go from acting like this and being this guy to being a totally different person and i think at the time i was like what that's crazy right cuz that's what a high school person says i don't know what you're <laughs> talking about right <laughs> yeah and we both have teenage kids and that's
0: how they act day to day sometimes so yeah yeah um so let's kind of fast forward now Abe, we're joined by Abe Loper with Loper Financial episode six of our Hill City Highlights podcast thank you for sharing that story by the way um and I think it's good sometimes when we're vulnerable to tell our stories and just never know Abe when somebody's listening they might learn something how they can connect better with their friends and family so thank you certainly uh for sharing that um Today, what you're doing with Loper Financial? How did you get into that? Like I said, I've seen you in the the networking circles around town, and um, always getting to know people. Has that helped you with what you're doing now? And how did you get into owning your businesses and now getting into financial and uh, insurance?
1: Mm-hmm. So while I ran the restaurants, especially early on, I was getting uh, I was getting those off the ground, and I wasn't making money. I wasn't losing it, but I was I was throwing all of the extra uh, revenue in, back into growing the business. And so I had a job. I was working at Millermott Technical College, uh, which is now closed. But um, I, uh, I had a friend who worked as a financial advisor and he called me and I didn't want to meet with him. And uh, he was like, hey, Abe Loper, this is so-and-so. I said, I know, I know. I don't have time right now. I'm trying to run a restaurant. I'm coaching a little league team. I've got kids and a wife and a full-time job. And I sit on these boards, no time to talk to you about my financial plan. He said, no, no, no. I'm I'm calling you because my regional boss out of Charlottesville um, was given your name as somebody who he might want to look at hiring in the Lynchburg market. And it's funny because immediately I was like, "Yeah, sure, just you know, I can make time, just whatever works." And uh, and so I went up to Charlottesville. I met with this guy. He's a wonderful person, and uh, I was I was drawn to. I think my curiosity drew me to uh, at least give this new career a chance. And so, okay, and that, that's how I got into financial advising.
0: How long ago was that?
1: That was about eight years ago.
0: Okay. Yeah. How about? Any advice for those listening, Abe, um, that might be on the fence? It's 2023. uh, Inflation has just sent everything we purchase and consume, um, price hikes, et cetera. That being said, um, sitting from your seat, it's important to save. And if you can invest some. For those just beginning, maybe younger graduates of Mm. school, et cetera, what advice do you give them uh, with financial
1: advising and how do you think you can help them out? Yeah. So um, first my disclaimer, you know, this, any, any advice that I give is kind of general rule of thumb and not advice for any individual. Yep. Uh, But what I would say is that nobody ever says, man, I wish, I wish I hadn't started saving so soon. Nobody ever says it. I've never met a 75 year old. who was like, I should have waited a few years before I started putting money away. Mm -hmm doesn't happen um i also uh i look at like you mentioned inflation and the economy and and some volatility that i think is evident um it's not something that we've never seen before and the people who saved through those periods would never say i wish i had not done that uh it's it's we encounter these moments of fear because it's um our our natural self preservation wants us to hang on to everything we find, right? It's it's not it's it's why we go to buffets and we gorge ourselves because we until it does it's not even a fun experience anymore because we're trying to get value, um, and it's it's in our brains it's thousands of years of programming um, scarcity programming, and uh, and if we can just turn off our fears because they're important if a bear's chasing you, but they're not really good. Our fears are not especially good compasses for making excellent decisions. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> so I um, I try I try to work hard to explain to my clients and the people I meet with um, that we want to make historically good choices. And so we need to think about what 80 and 90 year olds say today, Uh, because we, that is our future. Assuming some catastrophe doesn't happen uh, to us as an individual, I'm going to be an 80 year old someday. And the person best qualified to take care of old man, Abe, is current Abe. (laughs) And so what does he want me to do? Right. And so I think putting ourselves in our, our future person's shoes, helps us to make much better decisions than watching, you know, watching the news uh, because the news is always temporary. It's always in the moment and they make money off of getting a rise out of people. And so I always, when I, when I look at, even at um, stocks and, and you can picture a line graph, you know, you always want up and to the right. Um, I always pull out 20 years. Mm-hmm. What happened last week is kind of irrelevant. What, what do things really look like? Because I'm planning for something that's occurring 20 years in the future. And so the, the weekly snapshot isn't helpful, but a 20 year look is. When you meet with prospective clients, give us an idea of how you
0: start the conversation and educate them on, Hey, this is what I'm seeing here today. It may not be this next week, but uh, here's some advice for you. I think we should do this and that. How do you start those conversations?
1: Yeah. Um, so, the conversation always starts with the client. Yep. Tell me why you're sitting across from me. You didn't have to come to my office today. What occurred in your life as an impetus, or what, what, uh, you know, a uh, bell went off in your head, or did I talk you into it and you're just willing to give me a shot? I don't know. Um, why are you here? And what questions do you have for me? And then we ask, what are your goals? <clears throat> you know, and, and I'll even say, I, I don't I think this is a great line I don't remember to use it as often as I should but I say um, how how can I serve you today where you're gonna leave here and say, man, I'm so glad I did that mm-hmm. um, or you're gonna look back six months from now and say this has been better than I expected. what kind of outcomes can I provide outside of making you a million dollars right so uh, what what's the conversation And so most of the time it's, what are your goals as a person? What's your time horizon? So you have how many more years of earning ahead of you? And maybe we'll <clears throat> even discuss whether or not your expectations are, are are accurate. You might think you have to work till you're 70 and I might tell you, you don't. You might think you can retire at 50 and I might tell you, you can't. Yep. That's come to come to an agreement <clears throat> on your time horizon. Also your risk tolerance. What's your personality like? You know, are you, real, are you cool with risk? Are you up for buying a restaurant that closed because it wasn't making enough money? Um, Because I am. I'm that guy. But I can't invest everybody like I would invest me. That would be inappropriate. Mm -hmm. What's your risk tolerance? Um, And then what are your expectations from a communication perspective? Do I need to talk to you every week? Maybe I'm not the right guy. Do I need to talk to you quarterly? that might make sense. Maybe you just want to fire and forget it. And you want me to keep track and you're not going to look and you're not going to ask. And we can touch base once a year. Um, but I need to figure out what the prospect or the, or the client is like and and what they're looking for. So we set expectations and then decide whether or not it's going to be a fruitful relationship.
0: Tough question to ask here, but I'm going to just to educate our fans and, and listeners, Abe, yeah. um, like, customer comes to you this week and says, Hey, I want to open up a Roth IRA or are there things like that that are safe to start investing? And if it's not the Roth IRA, is it something else that um, you would recommend? And I'm sure it's different. Case to case, I would imagine.
1: It is. So it's definitely different case to case. For some people, even opening a Roth IRA, which has very few downsides, isn't the right move. Yeah, um, Because, For example, if you contribute to a Roth, your maximum, that means you then cannot contribute to a traditional IRA Mm. because the maximum for IRAs in general. Um, And the traditional IRA has tax benefits associated with it now that somebody might need. Um, So sometimes maybe the Roth isn't the right thing. But I would say that as somebody comes to me and says, hey, I just want to do this thing. I'm going to be, make them aware of the, the positives and the negatives. And then we're going to say, what, you know, are you still, do you still want to do that? And if they are insistent, and I've had this happen, mm-hmm. on doing something that I don't recommend. I just have them sign their name to a piece of paper that says, I wanted to do this against the advice of my advisor. Yep. And typically when you put that in front of somebody, they won't sign it. Uh, they'll just say no, nah, never mind. We'll do the other thing, because <clears throat> we all have to be held accountable. And in my job, there's a lot of accountability. Sure, and I'm not just accountable to my clients, but I'm accountable to regulatory organizations to make sure that I do the right thing as a fiduciary for my clients. And um, and when you take that accountability and you ask. The person who is not an expert who hasn't isn't licensed, who hasn't made this their life's commitment to sign off on the decision, even if it's their money, oftentimes they say, you know you know what, never mind, they'll second guess that. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes sense because if you asked if I insisted on uh, buying a house that my agent said was really a terrible house. It had cracks in the foundation and roof leaks, but I really wanted to pay way too much for it and they said, fine, but you've got to sign this, that would that would cause me some hesitation as well.
0: Yep. It, it would me also. Joined by Abe Loper with Loper Financial. Giving our listeners a lot of advice uh, with financial advising here in the, the world that we live in in 2023. You also mentioned insurance, Abe, uh, mm-hmm. part of the portfolio that you provide. Um, what other products uh, do you provide outside of insurance? And um, how do you start those conversations with Those that may not be insured that are learning about the insurance business also.
1: Yeah. So uh, typically during that initial kind of discovery meeting, which I never charge anybody money for that. We just sit down and we find out what are your goals, your time horizon. If I find I'm asking questions, uh, how old are you? Do you have kids? Um, Do you have life insurance? Oh, you've got five kids and a mortgage and no life insurance. Okay. You know what? I would be that guy if somebody hadn't t- told me or taught me. And so let, let me tell you what I think would be appropriate for your family. If you need life insurance, I can sell you that. Um, and there are a bunch of different types and we can use it strategically or we can sell it transactionally. It depends on the person and it depends on their available assets. But, um, but no financial plan is complete without at least addressing the topic, I would say, of, of life insurance. What, what happens to you and your assets and your family if the worst case scenario occurs? Um, and then also having conversations about estate planning and hey, when you are gone, who's going to get this and how do you want them to have it? And so I work with some local attorneys at building trusts. I work with uh, local um, like long-term care providers and things like that just to make sure that uh, your family is as buttoned up financially as possible. Uh, I don't make money on that stuff. It's just me having built relationships and learning how to ask the right questions uh, that can benefit my clients.
0: Rambling is up with Abe Loper, Loper Financial. All right, Abe, uh, contact information for you, for our listeners that want to learn more about your services and how you can help them. Uh, Website, give us an idea of uh, where they can find you.
1: Yeah. So uh, website is just uh, loperfinancial.com pretty straightforward. You can email me at abatloperfinancial.com. Yeah. Uh, you can also uh, call or text. My office number is 434-214-0078. And, um, and I'm on LinkedIn. I, I'm i on LinkedIn all day. I love that. Yeah. We're building relationships professionally. It has been, uh, it has been kind of become my little homepage. And okay. so I'm there. So anybody's welcome to message me there and connect
0: you mentioned some other boards that you're on Abe. for those that might see you out in the community the next uh, week week and a half month uh, what are some events they might see you
1: at oh wow so so i i'm on the board at the at peakland pool and uh, uh the the chairman or president of the lynchburg liberty alumni chapter here and uh and so you might see me at, at different events homecoming events yeah. uh liberty. that's beginning of, of november actually it's our uh yeah, November that's off the ways. Um you might see me at uh, at a golf outing for the Regional Business Alliance. I'll be sponsoring a hole there and I'll have a team. Uh I'm the incoming president on my, at the Rotary Club in the mornings. You mentioned Rotary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm wondering why I committed to that. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's all right. We'll we'll find a way. Um I got you. Me, if you want to, if you really want to see me, go down to Miller Park. Uh I coach coach a little league team and uh, what you're going to see is me just wringing my hands because I get so nervous watching my own son play baseball. He's good, um, but a parent, no, nobody's more nervous than a parent watching their kid play, play a sport.
0: Well, Abe, we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to join us here today. I know our listeners have learned a lot about who you are and uh, where you grew up and how you've become such an important leader here in the Lynchburg area. So thank you for your time and uh, look forward to catching up soon. Thank you so much, Alan. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Hill City Highlights Podcast. Have an idea for future shows? Email our team at hillcitypod at gmail.com. And join us each week for another episode of the Hill City Highlights Podcast.